0: Welcome to the podcast of Fellowship Church in Dallas, Pennsylvania. To find out more about Fellowship Church, visit fellowshipefc.org. Welcome to the Fellowship Church podcast. In today's episode of Faith Perspectives, we're going to be discussing the anti-hate crimes package that was introduced in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives back in December of 2022. And this uh, is anticipated to, to go before all House members to vote on soon. And so we're going to look at that package of legislation today, which includes House Bill 1024, 1025, 1026, and 1027, which, according to Representative Dan Frankel, are intended to modernize our laws to address hate crimes and ethnic intimidation. Representative Frankel says it gives victims the right to seek damages. It provides training to police and educators. It makes these crimes easier to report in some circumstances, and it gives individuals convicted of ethnic intimidation the opportunity to learn and change course. And while that sounds like something that we can all support and get behind, what we will see that is that in these bills at their core, they are really meant to advance an ideology that undermines and devalues those made in God's image. Kurt Weaver of PA Family says this. He says, this package would enable more cancel culture in Pennsylvania, but with a criminal punishment. It would make speaking the truth in our world, even with love, a hate crime. Judge Cheryl Allen, also of PA Family, had this to say about the anti-hate crimes package. It is some of the most dangerous pieces of legislation I have ever seen. And we are joined today by Judge Allen herself. She joined us back in the fall of uh, 2020-2022 for the Life After Row event. And Judge Cheryl Allen is the first Black woman to be elected to the Pennsylvania Superior Court, where she served from 2008 until her retirement in 2015. Prior to that, she had been appointed to the Court of Common Pleas of Allegheny County by uh, former Governor Bob Casey. She served as a trial judge in both family and criminal court and also served 10 years as an adjunct professor in the Criminal Justice Department at Point Park University. In the past, she's also served as a staff attorney at Neighborhood Legal Services, the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission, and the Allegheny County Law Department. She also maintained a small private practice where she specialized in employment discrimination and family law. Judge Allen is currently of counsel with PA Family and the Independence Law Center. So she understands these issues. She has a lot of experience and she understands the law surrounding hate crimes very well. And we're blessed to have her join us today. So Judge Allen, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Glad to have you here. So uh, I just wanted uh, our listeners to have maybe a summary of uh, what we would consider to be uh, cancel culture and maybe some some examples. So you had mentioned in the quote that I had just shared uh, and, and even looking at what Kurt said, This is the weaponization of cancel culture. So how would you define cancel culture?
1: Well, cancel culture basically um, serves to cancel people, to basically eliminate them from the culture. You know, uh, for example, this particular piece of legislation would have the effect of limiting a person's freedom of speech first and foremost, uh, have the effect of placing them in in incarceration um, or ruining them financially because not only does this legislation uh, promote criminal prosecutions, it also promotes civil lawsuits um, against a person who for simply expressing a different point of view. Um, And certainly if anyone who is Convicted or has a record of for conviction of a hate crime will be canceled because they will never be able to pass security clearances, they will never be able to uh, work, especially with young people, uh, they won't be able to work in the health field, they won't be able to work in any position that will require interaction with the public, um, they will, in effect, be canceled.
0: You so, know, they, so this is beyond just boycotting somebody or having their social media account blocked. Right.
1: right. Absolutely.
0: So so this is why this is some of the most dangerous legislation that you've ever seen. Because it allows, right. because it, allows it because it, to
1: happen. it allows them to happen uh merely uh for expressing a different point of view um or merely inadvertently. I mean if you inadvertently misgender someone um, or inadvertently, you know, for example, uh, we had a case where a 12 year old boy from Massachusetts wore a t-shirt to school that declared there are only two genders. And he was taken to task for that, you know, ordered to take the t-shirt off to never wear the t-shirt again. Um, and, and I believe this case ended up in the courts where a court ordered that he could not wear this t-shirt uh because people who are suffering from gender dysphoria would feel threatened and um would be placed in would, would feel threatened and intimidated uh, and in effect denied they're having their humanity denied by the mere presence of a t-shirt uh, which speaks the biblical which you know establishes big, biblical truth
0: yeah that and, are only and it's it's genders. the first amendment right To to wear that t shirt,
1: right? Absolutely. So, but it won't be a right to wear that t shirt because that to to state that there are only two genders would be considered hate speech. And if it is determined that there's an underlying crime, let's say the person continues to exercise their First Amendment right to wear this, you know, someone could say that they feel harassed, um, that they feel um, intimidated, that they fear for their safety. Uh, and those, those feelings, because all of this is based upon feelings, not mm-hmm. facts, but those mere feelings um, could lead someone to be charged with a crime. You know, you know we also had a, a, a situation at the University of Pittsburgh where members of the uh, female swim team were forced to attend weekly LGBTQ meetings or trainings and referred to mental health counselors and threatened with uh, retaliation in the form of loss of scholarships, uh, graduate school recommendations, and so on, merely for objecting to having a biological male uh, competing in their category and using their locker room.
0: So the loss of scholarships is is one thing. (laughs) But even looking at the the case in Massachusetts, what we see happening in Pennsylvania is we have um, representatives trying to bring these things uh, to vote, to make it so that somebody could be prosecuted for Mm -hmm. for believing that there are only two genders and refusing to share a locker room with somebody of the opposite sex.
1: Well, yes, because if if someone, uh, for example, let's say someone decides that, you know, they've suffered emotional distress um, because of a T-shirt <clears throat> or because they've been denied the opportunity to share the locker room or the bathroom uh, of the uh, gender that they identify with, um, you know, that person can first first of all bring a civil lawsuit um, and Pursuant to a civil lawsuit, they can seek compensatory damages, but also punitive damages, which can be far, far more than compensatory damages. And and if there, if if it's determined that there is an underlying crime, you know, that they, they felt in fear for their safety. For example, you know, you have the crime of simple assault by physical menace. You know, you don't have to actually have a battery or an assault. All you have to do, a, a person has to do is, is convince a court that they reasonably felt in fear of their safety. Um, so, you know, when you have a number of girls uh, objecting to a male in their locker room or in their bathroom or in, in the sh- locker room showers, You know, that person can simply argue that they were emotionally distressed, um, that they felt harassed, uh, that they felt in fear of their physical safety and therefore, therefore, um, I'm sorry, therefore, object, (laughs) you know, and, and file charges. And that's what is likely very likely to happen because, again, we're moving it. We're in a season where it's not about what you've done. It's about what you believe okay. that is likely to get you in trouble and what you are willing to say. So you you will this will have a chilling effect on a person's First Amendment rights.
0: Wow. So maybe we can get into uh, each one of these House bills and, and you can uh, kind of explain to us in simplified language what they they mean. Um, Re- Representative Frankel had sent a memorandum to House members that said hate-based attacks are becoming more frequent and more violent, but Pennsylvania still does not have adequate laws to address them. These bills would align Pennsylvania's protected classes with those including, include at the federal level, individuals or groups targeted because of their race, color, religion, national origin, ancestry, sex, gender, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, or disability. And the main bill here in this anti-hate crimes package is House Bill 1027, which is expanding the ethnic intimidation statute. And it says, this bill would strengthen Pennsylvania's ethnic intimidation, criminal penalty language, and step up civil penalties on those who are targeted Individuals or groups because of their race, color, religion, national origin, ancestry, sex, gender, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, or disability of an individual or group of individuals. It would also provide tools to fight civil rights violations such as preliminary and permanent injunctive relief against continued violators and people who solicit or provide aid to such violators. Judge Allen, what does that mean?
1: It means that you um will not be able to say anything, to express an opinion, uh to, to come to the aid of a person who um expresses an opinion. And mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just so far reaching that it's so far reaching that it will have a chilling effect on a person's. First Amendment right, um, you will not be able to exercise your religious freedom. Um, you you know the the mere bi- the even the Bible will, will be considered hate speech, and anyone who espouses or or speaks of biblical principles uh, is in danger of being prosecuted criminally and sued civilly under this under this act.
0: So current and, and to crime... be honest
1: with and to be honest with you, um, the main um, sponsor, Rep. Representative Frankel, you know, has advanced this legislation and has attempted to hide behind the horrific act that happened at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, the Tree of Life Synagogue, right. the shooting, right. which had nothing. I mean, there's no evidence that it had anything to do with. LGBTQ rights, or racial discrimination, and and even religious discrimination is questionable as the facts have unfolded. But this is what he is attempting to hide behind, uh, in order to pass legislation that would basically prohibit anyone from saying anything that this uh, that disagrees with this agenda.
0: And even with that that case in Pittsburgh with the synagogue shooting there are laws on ethnic intimidation already in place in Pennsylvania which if it if it were related to race mm-hmm. uh that that would fit within what's already uh in in uh, in the books in Pennsylvania right uh, somebody motivated to uh toward by hatred toward a certain race and they have a malicious intent
1: well not only that I mean this this individual as you may or may not know uh was convicted on every count for which he was charged and you know he is facing the death penalty. And so to to use that horrific incident to basically silence anyone who expresses a viewpoint that you don't agree with which is what this legislation basically does. So I mean, it goes it, gives,
0: it goes beyond I mean, right now with the laws, if if somebody defaces – if somebody were to deface a, a synagogue, if somebody oh. were to uh, commit acts of violence against a certain race, that would be a hate crime. But what you're saying is, is uh, this legislation would make it so if you have a certain view, even if your view is right, it's biblical, it's true, and you don't have uh, malicious intent or, like you said – Maybe you just express your view without trying to uh without trying to harm somebody. If somebody feels offended by that, you can be prosecuted. As as yes. committing a hate ab- crime, ab- which is a felony. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Because you know, this is <laughs> again based upon people's feelings. I mean, the whole the whole issue is it, it's about what you believe. What you were willing to say about what you believe—it's not about what you do.
0: Okay, so let's let's move on. So, ten twenty-seven is really the main, the main bill. Uh, there are three others: is House Bill ten twenty-four, which is law enforcement training on investigating, identifying, and reporting crimes of ethnic intimidation. So it says that the FBI data available to us. Shows that hate crimes are on the rise, but experts agree those numbers represent a dramatic undercount. Most hate crimes go unreported or are never properly categorized. In order to accurately track and combat hate crimes, this bill will provide Pennsylvania's law enforcement with the training they need to properly investigate, identify, and report crimes of ethnic intimidation. So, what's what's really changing here, or what's in our well, view well, getting well, better?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, I, I think that we all reasonably reasonable people uh have a strong basis for first of all questioning the FBI and and their reporting. I mean we we see crime uh in, in some of our larger cities uh like we've never seen before. But they're reporting that hate crimes have increased and the question is, what do they consider a hate crime? I mean, they're talking about parents who go to school board ma- meetings to protest uh, pornographic books in the library or protest uh, their children being sexualized. They're considering them uh, as having committed a hate crime.
0: Or because they, they be spoke hit. out on behalf of their children.
1: Right. Because they spoke out on behalf of their children. So, first of all, we have to uh, question what does the FBI consider to be a hate crime? And to me, I think that's largely propaganda. You know, I don't believe that hate crimes are the the major issue that this country is facing. You know, crime perhaps, but not hate crime.
0: And if they're expanding the definition of what a hate crime is, wouldn't it it then be even more undercounted and underreported? Because be, there would be way more hate crimes if they expand the definition of what that truly is.
1: Right. And and I think we have to be honest in in, in, in in our assessment. You know, they're basically opening the door where anybody can report because they're encouraging anonymous reporting. And so anybody can report anything on any person and basically destroy that person's life. And in all candor, I think we have to we have to acknowledge that this is specifically directed toward a certain group of people. You know, I'm I'm a black woman. Uh, I I know what racism is. I know how it feels. I know what hate is. And I I grew up in the 50s and the 60s, and so I know. And you will never convince me. That there is more hate crime today than there was back uh, in the fifties, but we have to be honest. This legislation is specifically directed and targeted toward Bible-believing Christians, mm. and you know, and so that if you if you speak uh, on biblical principles or talk about what the Bible says or call certain uh, behaviors, sin, then you are guilty of a hate crime. You're guilty of hate speech, and they may very easily find an underlying crime because many of our crimes, especially the crimes that pertain to this, are very malleable. I mean, we can all agree that if you deface a church or a synagogue, uh, or burn down a church or a synagogue, or uh, burn down someone's house we can we can all agree that that's hate but they're not, that's that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about speech and and the effect of speech on a potential victim. And you know if you if you're at a school board meeting and you're protesting the books in the library or you're protesting um your daughter having been raped, in in the bathroom by a biological male who identifies as a female, and you're, you're, you're ordered to leave and you don't, then arguably you can be charged with criminal trespass, which in Pennsylvania is a first degree misdemeanor, meaning that it carries a maximum period of incarceration of five years. But under this hate crime legislation, uh, automatically and a conviction is automatically bumped up to the next uh level of grading. That means it's a third degree felony, wow, <laughs> which carries a maximum period of incarceration of seven years.
0: so let's and- talk about the schools for a second because that's the next bill that we have here. It's um reporting systems in educational settings mhm-. So it says, my legislation is designed to train educators and school administrators to identify and address hate incidents before they become deadly. And hate incidents, again, is referring to LGBTQ. Uh, So it would also expand existing anonymous reporting programs, which you mentioned, in K-12 schools, along with institutions of higher education to allow young people to easily speak up when they are the victims or witnesses to incidents of hate crime or hate based intimidation. So what does this mean for our schools and our children?
1: Well, it means that it, it it could be considered a crime to misgender someone. So, you know, you have to use the correct pronouns. Uh, it, it, it means that any um, attempt to restrict a biological male or biological f- or female uh, who chooses to identify as the opposite sex, that you know that they would have free reign, and if you uh, to use the bathrooms, to use the showers, and if you object in any way, um, you can be charged. You can be charged with intimidation. You can be charged with causing a person emotional distress. You know, and you can be charged with harassment. You can be charged with stalking. You can be charged with a host of crimes.
0: So, if and, a student goes in, a student goes into their school, and there is not a uh, a, a restroom for that's for, uh, I guess, transitioning students. What we would call them. Uh, could they sue the school for that if they don't have a, a restroom to accommodate them?
1: Absolutely, and as a matter of fact we have seen examples where even if you have a restroom for people who are transitioning, uh, these people feel that they should have the right to use the restroom uh, of the gender that they identify with. In fact, I mean, they don't want a separate restroom. If a boy identifies as a girl, he should have the right to use the girl's bathroom, period.
0: Hmm.
1: And so, you know, we've we've seen... Uh, Examples where schools will have maybe single stall bathrooms. I mean, that's pretty much what it's coming to uh, because they don't want a separate bathroom facility for their use. They want to use the bathroom of the sex that they identify with. And to do, to provide anything less than that, uh, can be considered hate speech. You know, ethnic intimidation can cause emotional distress. And, you know, if someone confronts them about going into the bathroom uh, of the sex that of their biological sex or not go or, or not using the bathroom of their biological sex, you know, you're opening the door to a host of uh, of problems, lawsuits, civilly and possibly criminal if if an underlying crime can be found.
0: Wow. And and so another consequence of these hate crimes then so-called hate crimes is what you refer to as sensitivity training.
1: Well, a person who is convicted of a hate crime um as a condition of their probation if they get probation or their parole if they get a uh, a jail sentence and they're subsequently paroled they can be required to undergo 8 hours of education i call it sens-
0: and that's one of the bills sensitivity that's, training you referred yes, to yes
1: sensitivity training also they can be required to perform community service to the aggrieved community and at the time of sentencing uh, for for any of these crimes, um, the aggrieved community, anybody in the aggrieved community can give what's called a victim impact statement. Uh, so, you know, arguably you could hear from the entire LGBTQ community or several witnesses, and those impact statements usually often have an, an impact on the sentence that you were going to receive. And so not only are you facing an up to an upgrading of the sentence of the penalty um also you're going to face an upgrading of what's called um the uh offense gravity score whenever a person is sentenced in criminal court there is a prior record score and there's an offense gravity score which you know speaks to the seriousness of the crime mm-hmm. so you've already increased the offense gravity score when you Change the grading from a first-degree misdemeanor to a third degree felony. And then you add another point to the offense gravity score. So it pretty much uh lessens a person's opportunity to receive probation. And can you imagine? Um, you go through this education program, you go through this community service program, if you don't successfully complete it, um, you can be you can have your probation or your parole revoked and you can end up in in prison again in jail again and um it's very easy to commit another offense <laughs> so then you have a prior record score and you can just imagine that a person it would be very easy for a person who sticks to their convictions to never be able to complete successfully complete their probation or, Their parole, because basically, you know, an education program means that you may have to cast your your religious convictions or your biblical worldview aside, and you know, convince people that you are going to use the correct pronouns and you're going to to stop speaking the truth.
0: And as Christians, we we just can't do that.
1: That's exactly right.
0: But but here's here's a. a an important question that I think a lot of people who are listening are asking aren't we protected by the Constitution don't we have First Amendment rights to free speech and freedom of religion well
1: you know the the House Bill 20 1027 does contain a um what we call an anemic speech protection uh, because it says that nothing in this section may be construed to prohibit limit or punish. Religiously motivated speech or conduct that is otherwise protected by the Constitution, but you see, we have, and that's a very anemic statement because we also have the Pennsylvania Human Relations Act, which they are trying to amend through House Bill three hundred. We have the Equality Act, which they in which they are trying to um, amend Title seven of the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four, and basically you can't dis- which would outlaw your being uh, engaging in discri- discriminatory uh, behavior against another protected class. So in other words you can uh, you can exercise your religious freedom as long as you do not discriminate or harm another member of of a protected class So just as you we have religious, freedom under say Title Seven. Um if homosexuality, uh, gender identity or or sexual orientation are protected classes of people, you know, then there are certainly limits on your right, constitutional right when it comes to them.
0: And for you to have to prove that you're operating within your constitutional rights. You have to go to court for that. And you, you have, have as as a defendant, they'll prosecute you and then you have to prove in court that you actually have this constitutional right, which is even if you're not convicted, that process. that can that can ruin somebody just to have to go through that.
1: Yes. I mean, even if you're not convicted, the process itself is punishment. <laughs> Being forced to go through the process itself is punishment and can ruin a person financially. Um, even though our Constitution says that you were innocent until proven guilty, to merely to even have these charges brought against you uh, will in some circles cancel you. Uh, I, I I'm familiar with the case um where a, a father is very active in 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 some of these school board issues. and because of his activity, in, in promoting and and advancing his biblical based worldview his son who has the same name is suffering in his business mm. um just because the father is exercising his constitutional right uh to 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 speak and exercise his his biblical worldview and so you know you don't have to actually be convicted all you have to do is have the charge brought against you, and to this, to some degree, and in some circles, that's going to cancel you.
0: Especially in a in a world where everybody knows everybody's business. Absolutely. So how do how do you see this uh, affecting the church as a whole?
1: Well, I, I I believe that at the end of the day, the church is the target. <laughs> you know, is the app is the actual target of this legislation. I believe that anyone who espouses a biblical worldview, uh, the purpose of this legislation is to, in, in effect, silence you. And you know, we have already in some states, I think specifically in California, where hate books that contain hate speech are being banned. There's actually legislation to ban books that contain hate speech.
0: Does that include the Bible?
1: And, and yes it does because if you say uh if you identify any behavior um or a- a- any conduct as sinful that's considered hate speech you know truth is considered hate speech hmm. and um th- that's the that's the society that we live yeah. in mm-hmm. and so you know we will and, and and this is this is just the beginning if this legislation is is able to pass, it won't end there. You know, you will be um, held accountable for standing in your pulpit and speaking and preaching the Bible if people don't agree with it. And and the time is coming, I believe, um, you know, that the time is coming when the church is not going to be able to stand against anything that the government has deemed to be legal, especially, you know, a 501c3 church. If the government has determined certain behavior or certain actions to be legal, then you're not going to be able to speak against it.
0: And the government really is, is meant to protect us. But in in this case, um, it's it would be seeking to harm the church
1: well you know i think that you know it, it 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 always disturbs me when i hear um the misinterpretation of the separation of church and state concept because uh the separation of church and state was intended uh to protect the church from government interference mm mm-hmm. Uh, not to protect the government, but to protect the church. But we see increasingly the government enacting policies and laws which will enable it to reach its arm into the church and dictate to the church what you're allowed to preach about, what you're allowed to say, who you must marry, um, or, uh, you know, how you are to uh, have your bathroom structured uh, who 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 can be ordained and who can't be I mean the whole nine yards yeah and th- this is this is just the beginning in my view and this is why the church needs to stand up and 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 needs to take a stand because if the church does not take a stand then the time is going to come when the church won't be able to
0: stand so so let me ask you this hypothetically, if this, if this were uh, up for vote, it has not come up yet. Um, but if this went to vote and it passed in the House and it passed in the Senate, how do Christians respond to that? How do we respond if this if this becomes law?
1: Well, I th- I think first of all we do everything we can to prevent it mm-hmm. to- from becoming law. Um, and that means that we have to be very vocal and we have to hold our legislators accountable. So that's the first thing. You know, we these people go to the House of Representatives in the state of Pennsylvania. They are our representatives and they work for us. We are paying their salaries and we need to be very, very vocal in holding them accountable. Pastors in every legislative district uh, in this in the state of Pennsylvania need to band together and confront these legislators and let them know that you know we have a voice, we have a, a, some power and this is how we want you to vote against this legislation. If the legislation becomes law because certainly if it passes the house and the Senate, the governor is certain to sign it and it will become law. And if that happens, then you know we we we're in a season where we're going to have to, to to take a stand. You're either on one side or you're on the other. There's no middle ground. And to the extent that there's been middle ground, it's being erased and eliminated. So either you're going to stand on biblical truth or you're not. And 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 you that's know. really that's really where where the church is going to be. I mean there's no straddling the fence. Yeah, we're
0: called we're called to be people of truth. And, right. and the reality is that uh this legislation if it passes would mean that the truth that we are called to proclaim could put us in jail.
1: That's exactly uh, right.
0: But what I what I see this whole thing as is really ad hominem. I mean they they're assuming the motives of someone without uh-huh. actually seeking to engage with the idea itself that's
1: exactly right you you, you you if you say it if you say it
0: if if you if you and i don't mean this to be disrespectful but if you can't tell if somebody is a male or a female and and you say hello sir and that that person identifies as a female even if it's a mistake even if you had every every intention of of respecting that person
1: mm-hmm.
0: they could prosecute you
1: well they they could say that uh you caused them emotional distress um but because I've, I've they've said misgendering someone is violence and i can tell you that that i stayed in a hotel recently where i honestly could not tell whether the clerk who checked me in was male or female. I, I, And I mean that because they were growing a beard, but they had a female voice. And it just, I mean, it would have been very easy for me to say, ma'am or sir, mm-hmm. or it would it would have been very easy. It would have been completely inadvertent on my part, no malice intended, but that's just the reality. And if I happen to do it more than once, um, you know that 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 would be considered hate speech. That would be considered violence. That person can argue that I've caused them emotional distress. That I'm harassing them because I've done it more than once. Um, the list goes on.
0: Yeah, we've we've. It seems like we've lost the art of conversation. There's no critical thinking. There's no uh, talking through an idea and listening to both sides to get to the truth. Now it's your ideas hurt me, and I'm taking you to court. right. I mean, <laughs> that, there's
1: only one side. There's only one side. We don't have a side right in in, in this in this in this arena in this area.
0: Now, that said, I, I think that we should have we should have respect for other people and engage with with them in a way that is humble and considerate.
1: Absolutely,
0: and, and I think that we also need to recognize that we may not always approach these issues uh, historically um, in a way that demonstrates love, mm-hmm. right? And and even thinking to the case in Massachusetts, I I with the the boy with the you know, they're only two gender shirts. Um, I I love my country and the rights that I have as a citizen, but I think wearing a shirt like that, I I think sometimes we, we can be unnecessarily provocative and we may not accomplish what we want to. So I think Mm -hmm. there needs to be an approach that's humble and respectful and and speaking the truth in love. Now that said, we, (laughs) we could still end up going to court when we speak the truth in love. Um, But if we're falsely accused and imprisoned, I mean, that's, that's something that we're called to expect. Christ tells us, you know, uh, uh-huh. blessed are, are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So we should expect that these kinds of things will happen to us. And and what we see right now uh, is not an if, but it's it's really just becoming a matter of when.
1: I agree. And, and I agree with everything you've said that we should always speak the truth in love uh, because whether a person is gay or transgender, they are a human being created in the image of God. Um, they are lost, maybe lost, just as we were once lost. Uh, and so, but, but also we have to recognize as as believers that this is a war on the truth so regardless of mm-hmm. whether you speak the truth in love it's the truth that is offensive uh, no matter how it's spoken and this is a war um on against god against our, our our lord and savior jesus christ that's what it is and he is the truth he said he, was, he said i am the way i am the truth this is a war against the truth all of these laws seek to uh, destroy and silence the truth, and so you're right that we as believers, as 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 b- believers, have to be uh, willing to stand on the truth, no matter what the consequences, uh, and no matter what happens to us, because we cannot abandon the
0: truth. And and the truth is always going to prevail. Right. Like- you know, like Christ says, the gates of hell are not going to stand against his church. And so even if we end up uh, in jail for this kind of thing, that, that the truth is always going to be the truth. And,
1: <laughs> and it doesn't require, truth does not require consensus. Uh, and it doesn't cease being the truth because people choose to not mm-hmm. believe it. And, um, you know, but truth is the most, you know, these people... Uh, They appear to have uh, control of the news media. They have the money, um, but we have the truth, and the truth is the most valuable asset or weapon that anyone can have.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, that's a good thought uh, to close on. Do you have any any final words for our listeners today, Judge Allen?
1: Well, I, I just encourage them to continue to pray, uh, and to continue to apply the pressure to those legislators. Now they've been trying to vote on this since the first week in June, and they've had to uh, table it and continue the vote because obviously they, they at this moment they don't have the votes. But we need to continue to pro- to uh, apply the pressure to those legislators.
0: Yeah, and I think PA family is doing a great job informing uh people in, in our state about what's going on uh, at a, at a uh, state level
1: mm-hmm. so uh
0: we we thank you for that i subscribe to the emails so i, I will put uh, a link in the show notes to pa family and then uh, you can also subscribe to uh to get updates from uh, the pa house and pa senate so you can see uh, what's being introduced what's being voted on and you can get information there on how to get in touch with uh, your legislators. So I would encourage people to do that as well. Anything else that you think that we, we need uh, people to know about how to uh, respond?
1: Well, I think the Bible tells us how to respond. But just as you said, we have to respond in truth and in love. You know, we, right. we, we respond with the truth in love recognizing the fact that there are forces who don't want to hear the truth and um, we don't want to be provocative per se, but when we are confronted with a lie, we have to respond with the truth in love.
0: Amen. Amen. And and if we are falsely accused and wronged, uh, we continue to to be the kind of people that God called us to be—to be humble, mm-hmm. to be respectful, to do good, and have have a, a a passion for doing good. Because when people see those actions in in response to us being wrongly accused, Scripture says uh, that they will ask, "Why? Mm-hmm. Why? What? What is the hope that we have?" And so we need to be prepared to give a reason for why we believe these things to be true. Right. And then we let God work in their hearts. So so even if this were to pass and this kind of attack came under the church and under God's people, it is something that God could uh, turn to use for good so that his name could be proclaimed and the gospel could be made mm-hmm. known. So either way, God be praised. Amen. Judge Allen, thank you again. Uh, for joining us today. And uh, we hope to have more conversations with you in the future. Thank you. God bless. Thank you.
1: You too. Bye-bye.